Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, the boys are headed to Peoria. We are doing a car cast, and we go back to the future. Chuck, this is a little awkward today. <laughs> we're, doing a, we're doing a car cast live pre-Peoria. I guess we'll do at Peoria and all the way back from yes. Peoria. This, this is the fun cast idea that we that I mentioned last week, if you were listening. Um, but we're recording live on the way in the car, so if you hear background noise from the car that I couldn't get rid of... Sorry. Sorry, but uh, yeah, we, you, you might be able to find out where we are with the uh, directions that might yeah, pop up. Yeah, I know up. the GPS has been going <laughs> off. Uh, I mean... We've been thinking about doing something like this for the last, you know, year or so with all the regionals we've been going to, um, and and no other cast, I've, you know, I've seen has done yeah. that yet. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of cool. Uh, it's a little uncomfortable, I guess, because I normally have a you know a piece of paper that I write all my notes in, so I know kind of like a structure of what we're going to talk about. We don't really have that right now, uh, so it's all kind of just ad lib. Yeah, yeah, small little laptop ready to go recording. So let's. Let's get into, I guess, whatever yeah, we got yeah, well, going. Well, before we do that, we also have uh, some of our uh, Sports uh, Car Junction teammates. Yeah, I guess we should us. mention yeah, our yeah, live yeah. audience. Uh, we do we have, have. A, a live audience because we're not in the car uh, by ourselves. So it's not like I'm driving <laughs> while recording. Uh, yeah. So we have Mike and Chris, uh, part of uh, you know our team, Sports Car Junction. Uh, say hello to everybody, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so the, very enthusiastic very that we're doing this. I don't think they wanted us to, but we said we're doing it anyway. So yeah, tough, tough guys. You're driving a podcast to, to Peoria. You have to right. deal with it. You just definitely do. So uh, at this point, yeah, yeah, we're just going to you know before we get to Peoria, we're going to talk about kind of what decks that we are playing um, now, uh, since we don't have to worry about you know any of our potential leaks coming out, um, and then we'll probably do our pit stop. Uh, maybe a, a couple minute segment at Peoria during the middle of maybe day one, day two, and then uh, the car ride home. We'll do uh, a little bit of recap of how we did uh, and what kind of we saw in the meta uh, as it's already changing here with 151 being live for the first time. Uh, you know, with the with the with tournaments. Okay, sweet. Um, so we'll start with you, Chuck. What? What? are you playing this week no oh, what am i playing this week so i think i'm the oddball in the room i am sticking with lost box i'm gonna play turbo lost box i have the 60 set with the, the basically the one big new addition is a mu ex uh into the deck list for all kinds of fun creative scenarios to use it uh right using someone else's greninja for a moonlight trick and all kinds of fun stuff so, right that is the the deck list for this week, uh, for this weekend, and uh, I, I have a feeling it should do pretty well. Yeah, I mean that's that's my backup deck. Um, I've been playing Turbo Lost Box. I don't know for the last two months, and it's, it's felt really well. It, it can definitely take advantage of Mew Ex and all the fun things that, and possibilities that that card can create, uh, but. I just kind of want to play a little bit less of a, 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 think, a thinker deck and, you know, go a little bit towards Colorless Lugia. You can still take advantage of that Mew, uh, which I'm definitely going to do that. Uh, in testing yesterday um, at Locals before we headed out here, 
uh, was able to do the boss play on a Greninja to take out like a double Frigibax with the Moonlight Shuriken. So it was fun to do that. But also, you know, I think I talked about this in previous podcasts where day one it felt good, but like after my stream game, I was definitely getting mentally fatigued. And even going into day two, uh, I definitely felt that more so than I did at NAIC. So I, I want to try to be at least a little bit sharper and on my game. So that's that's kind of what I was leaning towards Lugia colorless for. Um, I've already been pretty comfortable with the deck, you know, like I said, with NAIC experience. Um, just adding some UEX action. Nice, nice. Uh, definitely enjoy the, see the, the colorless Lugia potential. So um, I just got off the Lugia train, got <laughs> rid of, we, we, I, I got off the Lugia train, got rid of the Lugias, so I can't get back on the train. So, uh, I see, I see. So we're, we're like that meme where we're like on the crossroads. I'm going one way, you're going yeah. the other, but we're like, yeah. <laughs> look at each other. So I'm going t- towards the Lugia. Yes. Yes. So, uh, there was no going down that road for me at the moment, but, uh, definitely could see the potential, um, open, I got my plays against it. Cause I think it's going to be a popular play this weekend. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, exactly. So uh, as far as the meta, we've already kind of talked about it. It's been pretty wide open. What are some things that you do not want to see as playing kind of like a turbo loss box uh, with Mew? Um, the turbo, the I think we were talking, the Lugia, I don't know exactly what I don't want to see. I have game plans for pretty much everything at the moment. Um, the Rapid Strike... Or, and Inteleon is obviously not something fun. Uh, usually tends to be a little bit harder of a matchup, but you can find ways through it. But um, their extra turns kind of... Yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 it becomes a really hard chess match. Mew does definitely make that matchup easier because then you could use Rapid Strike or Shifu's attack against it. Um, even though you're not taking a one-shot, you can really heavily damage their Urshifu because of weakness. Uh, then, you know, take out a Remorade or whatnot, and then finish it off with a Sableye uh, to really kind of help the prize mapping there. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's it's made the matchup a little bit easier for Lost Box overall. I think yeah. it's still hard, uh, but something you can definitely yeah. overcome. I feel like there that's one of the reasons why I like Lost Box, is there's not something that overly... I can't find a way to play out of it. Right. Um, not, not everything is super easy, but... Um, I like having at least an avenue out of every matchup. Right. No, I agree. Uh, for me, uh, I think it's it's Maridon. Um, you know, we've seen a surge of it since Andrew Mahone at Worlds. Uh, Jesse Parker going in Pittsburgh, getting second place. Um, and then just overall, just, you know, seeing it over the ladder and whatnot. Uh, Lugia, it's a little bit harder of a matchup now. Like, from from Pittsburgh, we're playing Lost Box. It felt like a very favored matchup. Now it's, now it's one of the decks I don't want to see as much. Uh, but Lugia can still deal with it as long as, if it goes first or takes the first two prizes, uh, I still think it can hang with it uh, and, and outpace it. Uh, at least in the mid to late game, I think Lugia is still favored. It's just that early game, Maridon's so hard to keep pace with uh, because it doesn't need that evolution line really to get going to hit, take that first KO. Uh, so I'm a little bit worried about that. Um, obviously Charizard uh, is going to see an uptick. We've seen it in in, in uh, South America, uh, see some play, and you know five of eight. Uh, but 
honestly, if, as long as you don't take any knockouts and you take, you know, chip damage on maybe the, the first Zard or two, um, it's not one-shotting you back as well. Uh, so you can even, you can even, like, spread some damage or, or uh, you know, take it. Take a two-shot, um, deal with another two-prizer, then just gust up, uh, you know, like a, a Pidgeotto or a Pidgeot, um, and then use the Luxray kind of to finish it off. Um, is kind of, you know, the strategy to go yeah. there. Uh, so, you know, there are a lot of different things uh, in different decks that I'm, uh, you know, worried about, but it's not that you, there's always a win condition, right? You just got to play to your ass. Yep. So, what... Uh, not, what kind of decks do you want to see with your colors? What I want to see, I want to see, um, well, I anticipate seeing a lot of uh, Mirror, which I think I'll do pretty well in, because I think there's definitely strategies to do uh, if you go first and or second uh, for, you know, good paths to victory. So I'm actually looking forward to some Mirror matches there, um, as long as everything's equal. And then, you know, Lost Box, uh, since we're playing colorless, uh, the, the, I guess when we when we were playing in NAIC, uh, never really got to play against too many Lost Box except for Gazer, um, and really get to use the uh, Snorlax as, you know, to its fullest potential because Sableye is such an issue. Um, Snorlax will just make it, um, you know, a little bit. I think that makes that matchup pretty good overall. Um, and as long as I don't have something like a Greninja, I, I don't have to worry about Mew. Uh, doing any weird things to me there, um, and then just also I I I just want to pull the play I did last night at, at, and uh, you know in practice at league where you get the Mew up and get the Greninja out there. So anything that I can take advantage of something like that, that's kind of the place I want to see. How about yourself? Um, what can I really just do well on? Um, Mirror. I mean, I don't mind the mirror match. I guess I, I know the way around that. Um, I guess the Maridon matchup. I wouldn't mind seeing that. It's not too one-sided. I can't remember what Lost Box just beats regularly. And sound. I mean, it, it has a really good matchup against Maridon, uh, for sure. Um, Everything seems to struggle it, anymore. It, well, no, but, I mean, it, it, it has a win con against most anything it, it just sets up math really easy um in taking you these two prizes i mean i guess uh you don't really want to play against lugias lugias are a little bit uh, of a um, it's not unwinnable but it's not favored for sure i think it's at least 60 40 to the lugia uh either version of it uh, at that time so um i would say for you you don't want to see you don't want to see me at least <laughs> yeah i don't want that's another one that i wasn't looking forward to but I don't have anything that I'm particularly ready to farm, per se. No, it's Maridon. You want yeah, to farm yeah, Maridon, well, for sure. Yeah, for you sure. Please take all the Maridons for me, and I'll take out um, <laughs> all the other Lugias for you. All right. Right. So, but I actually want to hear from our other people here. <laughs> Mike, you are playing basically the same 60. I know we have a couple um, agree, to not, uh, agree to disagree um, aspects of you know the, the, the deck. Uh, we were just talking about Maridon. Uh, I am not playing the Dunsparce. I'm just respecting that I need to go first and take the first knockout. You are playing uh, Dunsparce to stop from the weakness. Is there any other reasons or any other 
decks that that uh, Dunsparce is helping you out in? Um, Hellless Lugia would definitely be the one with the other one. Um, if they're playing the Luxray, it's like, okay, I go ahead on prize. The typical response would be uh, they try to get down Luxray and uh, use the reversal energy to uh, knock out my Lugia. But if I put the Dunsparce down, if I'm going first and being the, the aggressor, that option's taken away from them, and my Lugia can, uh, well, unless they use, um, what's it called, Weird Ear, that all of a sudden takes that option away. So that just puts me even more ahead. Yeah. So I mean, that is a fair point. Uh, that is where, as the, is the mirror I was talking about, back and forth. Um, you know, Luxray is that play um, if you go second where you can just uh, put it down. Uh, after you've, you know, your opponent's taken hopefully a one prize or you can play the Luxray, but, uh, the Dunsparce is doing that, uh, or taking that option away. So then it is really kind of a detriment going second, uh, in the mirror match. Um, Chris, I know you are also playing it. Are you playing Dunsparce? Or are you going back and forth? What other techs are you, uh, potentially thinking of in the Lugia? Cause I know, um, our decks are not 100% the same 60. So I've been kind of back and forth on Dunsparce and how that helps the Maridon matchup. The big difference between my list compared to your guys' list is I'm heavily considering Radiant Charizard. So I just think in my testing that's been solving Shen Pao and Maridon pretty well to break up that prize race. So that's been the big thing I'm trying to figure out is that last 59th card is what that other attacker is going to be. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense uh, because you're going to see... Both decks uh, in in the meta and potentially uh, throughout the day, and it does hit for really good numbers uh, and pretty energy efficient late game. So um, yeah, that, that's a that's a, a good tech. Uh, the reason I guess I am not playing like a Charizard is with the with the uh, Luxray. You can never start it, so that early game um, it's the Luxray never hurts your consistency, and the Charizard still can pot- potentially does because when you start it, that's a three retreat cost. It's really heavy uh, retreat cost in the in the early game. So I, I mean, I see both sides. Uh, it, it definitely can help in the late game, but you know how I am. I, I like the the early game consistency. Uh, consistency. Yeah, I, I when I my attack is usually consistency, and that's kind of like my mindset why I'm taking away that or not playing that Charizard right now. Uh, would I be able to interject something here? Yeah. Um, I think we're all playing the Lost Vacuum, are aren't we? Yes, we're all playing Lost Vacuum. You are, Chris, as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're, because that's another thing that can help the Maridon matchup, just to loss vacuum away their bravery charms, in addition to, to being another path out. Like I, I know, Jake, you're on four stadiums, I'm on four stadiums, so it's like that's going to be the preferred path out, just so we can use that loss vacuum to take away the bravery charm and so that Lugia can take that knockout on a Maridon or, or a, uh, whatever they put the bravery charm on. Right, right, and that, that's, that is huge. Um, you know, it, it is a path bump, but it's also a bravery charm bump. And a lot of decks um, are playing that to try to, you know, take one uh, one more turn, uh, one more turn of attacks. Uh, in addition, like even if you don't take the knockout that turn, if you, you know, hit that number, you could potentially even just take a, a cheesy, you know, two prizes later on with that. Um, I know we're playing the vacuum, but are we playing the pumpkin? I mean, I'm very back and forth. That is probably the 60th card I'm kind of on. Currently, I'm not, uh, but last night there were a couple times, because I played against two Maridons last night, and they were both um, path-heavy, and I was I got out of it eventually because, you know, we play four stadiums uh, but or and, and the, the vacuum, but 
Um, sometimes that could just be a detriment if you don't have, like, if you don't find it, you find, like, a ball search, um, you know, the, the pump goose. Are you respecting the path of the peak enough to put pump kaboo in, you guys? I currently ha- don't have it, but um, I brought I, mean, I brought my pump kaboo, so it's like, it is something I could add. Um, but I, I just feel like I've got the four stadiums and the lost vacuum, so I'm not going to need path, uh, like, I'm not going to need it as much, but it is still something I'm considering. Chris? So I've played Pumpkaboo in the past couple times I've played Lugia, and it's definitely nice, but it's another one of those cards that if you start it, it is just dreadful. Uh, But if you can search it out and a moment's notice to bump the path, it is amazing. Um, I'm also playing four stadiums, two Mesagoza, two Collapsed, and a Lost Vacuum as well. Uh, Hopefully that'll be enough. That's my that's my game plan. Yeah, I mean we're all kind of on the same uh, you know note when it comes to stadium bumps uh, with the the two two plus the one uh, you know five cards to bump stadium seems like it's pretty solid uh, overall and especially like you said like starting it is horrible so especially playing cards like Drapion or potentially Charizard that's just another Pokemon that you're you're increasing the odds of something you don't want to start. Um, so you can, only, in my opinion, only take maybe one, uh, maybe two, but like possibly just one. What do you think, Chuck? Yeah, um, I like the thought processes on every everything. The, the Punkaboo is kind of an iffy, but it, it helps even more. Um, the every everything we're we're discussing at the moment when it comes to uh, the Lugia and the, the in Lugia, the Charizard I do like, but I do agree with your your assessment that it is a potential early game consistency. And but I also like Chris Chris's prize trade manipulation later in the game where it's taking two for you and it's only giving back one. Um, so it's really just one of those issues where what feels right for you uh, in, in into the meta. So for sure. For sure. Um, but with that being said, I mean, we're not going to take quite a, uh, well, I don't know how we're going to do this because I, I think we're going to do trivia in the car right now. Chris is pulling something up for both of us Uh-oh. Um, and then maybe do the pit stop because, I, again, we're going to kind of do a couple time lapses where we're going to jump in the future. So I'm not 100% how this is going to work, uh, right. but I guess we'll take a, we're, we're pulling into the pit stop, but we're not quite there yet. So we're going to do, yeah. we're going to jump into some trivia right now. Uh, and then we'll pull into the pit stop. It's, it's time, time for trivia. Trivia. So uh, this, this is a, a unique week where you know the, the the car stop. We're doing the car trivia. So Chris, you got one for us? I think so. So you guys an attack name? Uh, you just we actually get to work together. Yeah, we get to work together. You just give us an attack or ability, and then we have to guess. All right. So. The attack is called Tongue Tied. Tongue Tied. Okay. So, Tongue Tied. I mean, tongue Tied. Okay. Tongue Tied. So, it, it obviously, lick, Licky Licky or Lick a Tongue seems um, probably the most that, or even like a Gengar or a Haunter. A, yeah. A Gengar, Haunter, Lick Licky, Lick a Tongue. Um, there's a couple other Pokemon that use the tongue attack. I think he's coming at me with this Ghost, Ghosts like to lick. Yeah. But that's a different kind of attack. Yeah. Tongue, tongue tie. I mean, I, I feel personally attacked because I do get tongue tied 
<laughs> quite often. <laughs> and I think, and Chris is a listener, so I, I feel like he's, he brought that one up. But um, I think we're going to need some lifelines on this one, Chris. Uh, so if you could tell us, um, I, I think we want to start with what type it is, right? You think, I, you I think if that? we go with type, we might be able to do at least about, narrow, narrow down between the two that I think we've both thought of. It is a colorless Pokemon. Colorless. Okay, so it has to be a licky licky or licky. Probably. Is, are we missing something, Chuck? I don't think so, but I am the one that obviously missed the colorless Pokemon, um, as I did last week. Uh, I, I just don't know which one it is. Well, we do have other lifelines. Well, we just use the basic or... Yeah, well, what stage is it, Chris? There's a basic... Well, that means it's lick a, lick a tongue, right? I mean, that's so obvious, though. I, would he do a lick a tongue? Um, we try, or try to, like, you know, trip us up. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, yeah, I'm going to lock it in. I'm, I'm, gonna I'm lock locking it in. in. We're going to save a lifeline to get extra phantom points. So, yes, phantom uh, points. We're both picking in uh, lick a tongue. It is lick a tongue. Look at that. Let's go. We, we work together. We work together. We get go. it done. Let's go. All right. Well, we usually do two. Double points. We usually do two. So I feel that we need to get one more. Uh, we'll give him a little bit of time here. So um, with that well, being. Well, well, I'll give him some time. I'll ask a quick uh, back to the meta, uh, meta questions. Jake, give me your top five meta shares for Peoria. Percentage wise. Percentage wise. I think it's going to be pretty wide open. Um. I think we're still going to see Lost Tina probably close to number one or two. Um, I think Lu- Colorless Lugia, I, there is a lot of talk on Twitter. I've seen that, so that has to be up there, um, probably towards the top. Uh, Gardevoir, you know, it is like a lot of the top players are saying it's like, you know, it's in the best spot it's been in a long time, or at least, you know, in the last few weeks. So, uh, Guardi has to be up there. What else? That's three. That's three. Uh, I mean, Chen Pao has seen a lot of love, but I don't know if it's going to in the last like week or two, but I don't know if it's going to quite see that. Um, I still think Maridon might be up there, unfortunately. I don't like seeing that there. Uh, so I will say Maridon. Am I missing another arc? I haven't said Lost Zone Box. Uh, so we're going to say, yeah, yeah, Turbo Lost with uh, Mew is probably going to be in there uh, as well. Do you have anything uh, to add to that? Uh, no, I like your picks. Um, I think your top five are spot on. I think your Lugia archetype is going to be your number one, uh, followed by potentially Lost Zone or Lost Tina. Those two are going to be, I think, two or three, give or take. Right. Which one's two or three? Then you'll find Gardevoir and potentially uh, Chen Pao, maybe, or even the Maridon, I think. But both of those... Maridon does seem like it's falling off a little bit. Because, I mean, I, we didn't even say Zard. And Zard... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Zard. That could be actually five. Yeah. Uh, that five is going to be a, between one of those three, I think. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wide open, like we said. I think... Whatever you pick, just be comfortable with it and know your matchup's spread, and I think you'll be okay. All right. So I think we have our next trivia lined up. Yes. Correct? Yes. So the attack name is Hammer N. Hammer. Hammer. I 
hammer like in. Done this one before, potentially. Okay. Unfortunately, I think this is one of those ones that makes you want to think of Tinkaton. Yes. And Tinka Tough, but also can be like a like a Machamp kind of thing, where you like a, a hammer fist attack or something like that. Right. They probably just call it hammer fist then, but. Um, I feel like we've done this one, or I've heard this one somewhere, but I just can't remember um, what it could be here. So hammer in, it is standard legal, right? Yes. Okay, so it is standard legal. Hammer in. I, I kind of want to get the type decided, kind of narrow down. It is a grass type. Grass, so grass type. type. See, that's where we're going to get something. Big, heavy kind of attacker, kind of maybe a Torterra or uh, another hammery Pokemon. Big, burly type. Isn't that like Squawk, Squawk or something like that? Like, what was that? That is he? Is there a grass type of him? Could even be like a Skyther. Okay, what, um, what type, or no, not type, what, type. Uh, yeah, what stage, what stage is it? It's a stage two. Stage, stage two. two, okay. All right, so, I, I'm still sticking, I, I feel like Torterra on that, but I don't think that's necessarily right. What is another big turtle bird? Uh, what is, Meganium, mm. well, I guess what set it from will help us out with that. I was thinking, yeah. like, Meganium's a big one. What's, what set is it, Chris? Brilliant Stars. Brilliant Stars, eh? I swear we've done this, but I can't remember. My memory is so bad. Hammer in Grass Pokemon, Brilliant Stars, Stage 2. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lie. I don't know about you, but I'm sticking with Torterra. I don't feel that that's right, but I can't think I, of another big heavy hitter that I think Torterra is. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to lock that in, too, because I'm drawing a blank, I think, until he says something obvious that we're yeah. we're going to be mad about, but... I think um, Torterra came out first. Yeah. It is Torterra. Let's, Let's go. go! Two for two. That, two one's for two. We, that one's all on you, Chuck. <laughs> hey, it's better when we are uh, obviously better when we work together. A hundred percent. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, well, uh, we're at, what, like the 20, 25-minute mark here. Yeah. If we're going to do a couple different segments, um, I think yeah. we're going to probably have to wrap it up here. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to do a uh, pit stop in Peoria. So let's send it to our sponsors and then head to the future. Yes, yes, yes. To the sponsors and then to infinity and beyond. That's not flying, it's falling with style. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. All right, and we are back to the future. Uh, now that the tournament is over, 
um, you know, we're back in the car on the way home uh, from Peoria to Pittsburgh. Um, Chuck, how'd the event go for us? I mean, I know uh, it was probably not what we both wanted, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it, uh, the event did not go as planned for me, uh, but uh, we can get into the details of that a little bit later. But mm-hmm. uh, did not go as well as planned, but uh, still had fun uh, hanging out with the guys and, and enjoying a, a Pokemon region. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, same for me. Um, we'll get into the, the meta discussion and, you know, our thought processes and why that was good and wasn't good. Um, you know, but obviously had a great time hanging out with the team, um, you know, playing Pokemon side events and all that stuff. Um, but let's, let's go in to, um, the results and start it with the winner. Yeah. Um, so we had Kyogre Lost Box, um, piloted by Raymond Long, um, in winning, uh, the pure Peoria regionals, um, in a, in a, maybe a little bit of a controversial uh, ending, which we'll get in that, uh, later, but it did also face against another, uh, turbo loss, uh, turbo loss box, which we actually had three in the top eight, yeah, uh, so of different flavors, three different flavors of lost box in the, in the top, uh, the top eight. Uh, as you said, the lost box finals was the turbo build with Dragonite Raikou versus, uh, Raymond's Kyogre build. Uh, and then we did have a Sable Zard uh, in the final top eight, which I was super pumped about. But uh, uh, and then uh, joining the Lost Box in the top eight, rounding it out, we had two Maridons, uh, uh tag teaming uh, <laughs> the top eight. Yeah, the, the, the top eight. Uh, Unfortunately, they, they play each other in the yeah, in the top. They eight. had to uh, cannibalize each other in, in the top eight. So uh, two Maridons in in JW and, and Jesse Parker, and then. A uh, Chen Pao and a Guardi, uh, and then the surprise I think uh, everybody of this tournament was uh, Mew uh, getting back to a top eight, but uh, reaching it with the the grabber. The grabber, yeah. The the grabber was the talk of the town. Um, it was also surprising uh, not seeing any Charizard in the top eight, especially how it was the number one play deck in day one, and it had the best conversion rate into day two. Um, but fell short of the top eight. Uh, I think there were three in top 16. Uh, so still overall a solid run for Charizard. But um, with that kind of success uh, going into day two, it was a little surprising not seeing at least one reach the top eight. Yeah, uh, maybe just fell to uh, the matchup spread that it didn't like to see in day two. Um, fell more, uh, it fell into more of those matchups than the wider array that it might see in, in a day one of Swiss uh at uh a regional so it, it did well day one like you said highest conversion rate uh one of the most the most played deck uh with then going still the most played deck into day two so good conversion rate right unlike we saw with with uh, other decks in, in in there as well so for sure for sure uh, i think the the charizard definitely uh preyed on lugia uh colorless lugia i think a little uh, at least talking with experience there, but I, you seen, you get to see less of that in today too. So that might've also had something to do with it. Uh, overall Charizard not making it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's the, that, that was the big finals. Uh, Raymond, Raymond won in a, in a nail biter of a, a finals. Uh, yes. Played three games, one at a time, uh, on game three, uh, and, uh, finished on turns. With a 
being ahead because that is the tiebreaker. Right, uh, right. So. Let me preface this by saying um, I don't think that Raymond did anything wrong because he played within the rules of the game that's ahead of us. Uh, but with this being controversial, I mean, we've talked about this with Tord um, and a couple of his stream games, and this was kind of really uh, to the forefront again where, you know, time is getting close. Um, and Raymond played a recovery card and only put one energy in instead of two, took a bit of time to shuffle, think, and then literally played another one to do the same thing with one so he could be able to take a little bit extra time off the clock, again, well within his rights of doing it within the rule set. Uh, but my question is, the, I feel that the rule set is kind of toxic to the game um, because literally... You know, Turbo Lost Box needs one more turn and with the board state where it needed to be, and he would have won. Um, but he just needed to be not turn zero. Exactly. Um, which taking that extra minute, minute and a half, uh, doing playing the cards in the manner that he did, um, you know, took that minute and a half that, you know, the, the other player could have had to, to win. Uh, and it would have won in completion. Um, again, um, I don't think it was he did anything wrong. I think that we just need to address this somehow because ending in turns in the finals of a of a regional uh, is a very bad feeling to me. Uh, it's not a result that most people want to see, uh, and you know, that's just my feelings. And I know a lot of people um, are on, you know there's there's a clear line. You're either on a, you know my side or or our side here, where it's like we want a, a completion, uh, and then there's you know the other side that says. You know, that, that's completely fine, which, again, I don't think he did anything wrong, but I just think the rules need to be changed so that kind of play cannot happen. Yeah, I, uh, my big take, and that was, I, my big takeaway is that I would like to see the finals actually come to a completion. Right. Um, or any of the top eights, honestly. Uh, it's just, it's hard to see where the game, like, a game like that, that, you know, is actually so close to actually ending <laughs> to begin with anyway, where... Uh, to run out of time in general uh, is just feels it feels bad in gen like in general moment watching it and I would assume for the players that you're on the wrong side of it wrong side of it yeah like, yeah I, how many times have you heard somebody say if I just had one more turn yeah you know um, game should honestly just complete within like have a resolution within the game. Um, and not just have the timer be the, the end-all, be-all. But, again, I mean that the solution is a, you know, a topic, a different topic for a different time. Um, I'm not sure exactly what to do to fix that kind of um, you know, outcome, but I, I feel that something needs to be done uh, overall. But I guess we'll keep it at that, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure either. Uh, so, uh, moving on, I mean, congratulations to Rafe for being the winner. Winner and getting an automatic invite to yeah, Worlds. Got your automatic invite. <laughs> and all um, that money. All the monies. So congratulations to you. But uh, let's let's turn it more localized. Let's talk about right. us. So uh, I'll go first. Sure. Uh, my my talk might be a little bit slower. So I'll go. Uh, I'm going to dovetail because I played uh, Floss Box. So apparently uh, I did a somewhat right choice, maybe. I don't know. Right. I mean, it was a second place deck. Second place deck. Uh, my deck was literally two cards different from his 60. So I don't necessarily think it was a bad choice. 
I see my Twitter and things like I've, I've been giving everyone on the team crap because I wanted to play Chin Pao a little bit right. beforehand, but then uh, I was told not to. Uh, it, it's it's just fun in games for me at the moment of, of razzing them. But uh, I gave it the best. I did not, like I said, tournament did not go well. I only finished three and six. I ran into a lot of Maridon, which I believe I said earlier that I didn't mind facing. But like they came a little bit more well packed and, and tech for it, and they turned out to be a little bit harder to get through uh, when I faced four of them. Right. Uh, I did beat uh, one, at least one, if not two of them. Um, but uh, the the combo of adding the Go Zapdos for uh, just the Dragonite KO, uh, not being able to get him to tank a hit. Uh, as well, and then basically uh, the rest of the the came down to like not being able to draw well against it, just not being hot enough. And they're they're taking more more knockouts. I saw that happen a lot. That was a, a lot of my play a little bit uh, is that just couldn't get the deck to run hot when I needed it to, uh, and and uh, lost some really close games. Definitely uh, threw one, um, which was a Maridon. I should have won that matchup. I benched one too many Pokemon on a return K to to get return KO by a Raikou, which it was all on me because if I didn't bench an extra Sableye there that I didn't need, uh, there's no way for him to take a knockout unless he played Equigorn, which they don't usually. Right. Uh, so uh, that that one that one was on me, but. Uh, yeah, the rest of the tournament kind of went uh, as as planned. Well, kind of as planned, uh, on not as planned, but not just didn't go well. So, yeah, you'll have that from time to time. Um, anything else to add on your run? I did not see what I was expecting to see throughout the day. Uh, like I said, four uh, I think four Maridons. I didn't see any other lost box until the last round, which was. I lost Tina, so no mirrors. I was expecting a little bit more of the mirrors. Uh, only one Charizard, uh, which uh, almost... Uh, I lost two close games against it. Just to equal it out, it was hard to get over the Charizard hump of taking that out. But uh, And then uh, Chen Pals, a couple of Chen Pals, which uh, I think I split the difference on, on those. So. Right, right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, lessons learned. I mean, we'll talk about that after I go over my uh, my recap uh, i think there were definitely lessons learned you know individually and as a like kind of team unit that we need to um you know really internalize and, and get better um but for me uh, i as i said i did stick with colorless lugia um we felt uh, as a team that the because the majority of the team did play uh colorless it was really good into a lot of different matchups uh charizard not being one of them and i guess Really, it, I felt like going into testing, like the I knew it was favored in Charizard's uh, favor, uh, but in actuality, it was like a lot worse than I thought. Um, ran into two of them, made them close. I was always it just always felt like I needed one more turn to do what I needed to do. Uh, Lugia's man, like management of of energies. And just kind of like the win route is very specific of what it needs to do. And there's a lot more leeway into the Charizards. I started the day out pretty well. 
uh, just I, I start well. I started two oh one, and from there I, I faced my first Charizard, which was actually Zach Lesage. Uh, won game one, and then had game two kind of in hand. I just needed that one last turn, and you know Zach's a great player. He was able to uh, take my win con away by uh, <laughs> by collapsing him, collapsing his his uh, one liability on the bench. Uh, for a return KO, and then from there, kind of just went downhill, played against the uh, uh, Kyogre, uh, horrible matchup, uh, it, Kyogre just can't, I, if it sets up and does what it wants to do, it just feels like that's almost unwinnable, uh, played another Charizard, and my, my day was over real fast after that, uh, so I mean, I, I, I dropped after the, with one round to go, uh, ended up going 3-4-1, which was not what I was wanting to do, obviously. I'm trying to uh, get as many points as I can. So it felt a little, you know, upsetting, you know, not getting points. But overall, I don't think I felt like I necessarily played horribly. It was just bad matchups and obviously my opponents playing to their outs very well. I didn't get any, like, free dubs or anything like that. Even the wins I had were very hard, hard fought. Uh, so, you know, lessons learned. I think it was a lot in the prep that needs to be uh, changed, and I guess we can go into that a little bit. Um, you know, first and foremost, I, I and that we've talked about this, you know, between the two of us and and the rest of the team, where I feel like we all needed to be on the same page. And you know, as a unit, there was what five of us, and we played three different decks respectively. Probably not the best thing to do for as a team. You, you see, you know, obviously um, you have the tag team group over there and they're probably all on the same 100% 60. And I'm not saying we have to necessarily be on the same 60 per se, uh, but at least on the same archetype, just in, in general. That way, you know, hey, um, you know, all of us can, you know, test specific matchups, see what we need to do and really focus on that. Uh, when, a, in a, when a group is on, you know, several different decks, now you don't get that focus on those given matchups that are potentially problem trials for you throughout a, a, a given tournament. Um, and that input is kind of like the like the most important thing to me is like, even if it's a bad matchup, if, if you have a, a clear win route and it's something that in like five, six people put that time and effort into it and you can kind of gain knowledge in, in that kind of aspect, I think that's like the biggest advantage of having a team. Um, but when we're not on the same page, and it, 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 I am 100% to blame as this as, as well, you know. So as like we, as a unit, I think we feel like we needed to be a little bit more in sync. Yeah, I can agree with that too. I'm to blame too. I was obviously on a different. I was one of those oddballs um, uh, on on a different deck. But uh, it, it what it does is just create less time for you to focus down matchup. Uh, you spend more time on creating. Uh, division, on, not, not necessarily division, but thoughts on which deck would be the best. Uh, you kind of have to make a make a call earlier than me might may have. Right, I mean, there, there is made, a time make frame. A call, make a call earlier in our time frame than we should have. Stuck with the deck and just focused on what matchups we need to uh, improve upon and how we play them. Uh, what's what's the routes we take? Right. Um, and part of that is to trying to figure out a little bit what you're going to see in the meta and what to help make a better choice. Right. So, Which I mean, we, I, I want to say, I just say, I think we got most of it right, but I think there's a couple things we did get wrong in seeing more of something that we 
weren't expecting to be as high as it was. Yeah, I mean, Charizard was, what, 15% of day one? Uh, I feel like the team, I think the team said somewhere in, like, the 10 to 12, which isn't, like, I mean, it, it is close, but not really um, when, it's, when it comes to that many people. Um, yeah, I just, like, with, the, with our meta predictions, like, Lugia's bad, you know, it's like, what, 30% of the meta that it's, it's just has a bad matchup into, and those are the two top, de- top decks aside from Colorless. Um, so we, we didn't respect the, you know, the bad matchups maybe as much as we should have. Um, with that being said, like, obviously Lugia was not the best play because um, in day one it was the second most, and although it did convert into day two, it was the worst of the top five to conversion rates into day two. Yeah, it was. Um, and then it obviously didn't see play towards the top end of the table. So, um, you know, there, there's lessons learned with, you know, just figuring out what the meta is. You got to do that kind of early, figure out the deck you're on, and then just kind of stick with it. Um, like I said, more, more heads into like those matchups are very important uh, going into things. Yeah, for sure. Sum that up good. Yes, so you just got to, you know, have faith in the team, pick what it is, and, and don't look at the other shiny toys. Because in a meta this large, all the decks have, like, really shiny great, toys. yeah, shiny toys, great merits. But you just got to trust that you made the right decision and go from there. Um, second-guessing yourself or, you know, the, you know any individual is um, not very productive overall. Um, so uh, hopefully we can learn from that, um, you know, be more united when it comes to do different deck checks or different deck selections. And then obviously execute is a, hu- a huge portion of it. You can make the right meta prediction or make the r- right meta call. Um, but execution also is a huge thing uh, in, in you know, those matchups as well. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really have anything to add to that. Do you want to zoom out a little bit more and talk about the event as a whole for sure so uh let's just recap like the event as a whole well i do i do want to add one thing because it's part of our run and Mm -hmm. we ended i think our tournament experience on a pretty good high right and then actually yes (laughs) we, we did we did go back sunday and then we decided to enter a win a box right we did a side we did another event uh i switched up uh, we both switched up. We decks. both. Yep. Um, uh, we went into the winner box uh, and decided to meet each other in the finals. Like the goal is always to be meet in the finals and uh, with and ha- with the same archetype, with the same <laughs> archetype, uh, do well, and then uh, have a fun game at the end, and then split a box of cards. So exactly, yeah. So Chen Pao, we both switched to Chen Pao, uh, obviously with Charizard. Uh, being such a prevalence into day one, going to day two, we're like, okay, let's let's try this out. Hopefully, we see a few Zards. You didn't see any Zards in the winner box. I did. And it was oh. great to be able to do what you're supposed to do, especially a debt to a deck that basically stopped you know my run personally because it was just too hard to overcome with Colorless Lugia. Uh, Chen Pao did not have that problem, so it did feel good uh, to you know be able to go up and over multiple Charizards to take game. Uh, so, yeah, I had the a more great. <laughs> I had a more creative path in going through Zora arcs. Uh, one being the 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 baby Zora arc kind of you know single prize hit me with random stage one decks, and one being a Sui and Zora arc deck, which is awfully creative with the new Dodrio. Uh, but uh, 
it was nice to see Jim Powell be able to get over the creativity of decks yeah. as well, still being consistent enough and having options to get over something that you won't see very often. But it's still, I will say, both players creatively and powerful in their own way. Uh, the games were not uh, were not uh, snowballs or nothing. They were slugfests. So. Right, right. And it, it's important for any deck, really, like to be able to handle the meta decks, the top dogs, but it also needs to be able... Uh, to, you know, handle the jank things, handle, you know, the lesser known, um, you know, decks or the lesser played decks, because you still need to respect those, especially early in tournaments. Um, because if you can only beat the two, you know, two, three top decks and lose to everything else, the deck's probably not as relevant as you would hope it to be. Yeah. Yeah. But so that was a great fun event, uh, fun way to end it. Cause, uh, I really didn't play any more Pokemon after that. We opened the cards, got a got a good right, right. got a good box of cards. Uh, I think as well that we got to split. Uh, you did take it in the finals, so you are the champion. Yeah, yeah. To win I, a technically, yeah, I did win a tournament here uh, at Peoria Regional uh, <laughs> event uh, in the finals against my good buddy. So yeah. no, it was great. It was fun. Uh, obviously, uh, we didn't have the successes we were hoping to. Obviously, we've identified some reasons why. Hopefully, we'll you know learn from that and move on. Uh, but you know, the most important thing is to have fun, and I think we did that. Yeah. yeah. So now to to move on to the whole event as a whole, uh, how do you think uh, it was? How did day two do? Because this is the first uh, Pittsburgh was a overload event. This is the first of a day two event. Uh, how do you? Uh, think the event went all right so we're going to talk day zero first um you know check-in obviously check-in was really easy uh but it, it started off horrible uh because the prize support was the worst prize support i think i've had at any regionals that i've attended since I, started playing pokemon i don't know if they get to pick this but if, I, if they did it, this is a tragic collection of right cards. like right I mean, that and card. Obviously, we might have gotten our hopes up a little too much, you know, trying to, you know, see if we can, you know, get a Zard mat. I know there was a lot of people thinking it was going to be Charizard because you saw some uh, in the European um, tournaments. Maybe that's that's only going to be over there. We'll see. Uh, but Gita, just, you could have just kept with Iono. <laughs> I don't think anybody wanted a Gita promo. Uh, nobody wanted that. <laughs> I. This is the first time I've went to a regional and no one's asked me to sell their promo to me. Right, right, I, I, exactly. I, I think I've went to every single event and someone walks by and say, hey, you want to sell your promo? Uh, and uh, no one did that. Right, and I think, so, it, I don't know if it was a Peoria game. thing, uh, but last year's Peoria, the mat was probably the worst of the season too with the... Right. Uh, they did not like Enamorous Yeah, last yeah. Year, and so. I know even with the price uh, on the side event tables with the price support, all the mats were 500 tickets. And the guy working in the booth is like, you guys can have this for four. We're, uh, it's Peoria from last year trying to sell, upsell it. But, like, nobody wants the enamorous, to, like, the, the play mat. Yeah. Um, it, it just was a tragic, because Ting Lu was the mat, too. Which, I'm sure there's someone who was excited about the Ting Lu mat. Just not a lot of people are. Um, so, it was just on a popularity front, both. Both items that you get uh, for showing up at the regionals was not, you know, anything that was crazy 
wanted by the public. Right, right, yeah. I mean, I did get better promos, uh, regional level promos at the side events when, uh, you know, after that win a box, we got some tokens yeah. and I got some bosses and some Arvin. So, uh, much better promos than, uh, the prize wall was pretty good. I'm not gonna, that's why I say I don't know if, if day two really has a choice on what is given out at, at, at probably not. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were just like, well, we'll take these and, and that's what we'll get. Uh, but the prize wall was good. I mean, the, the promo, I also snagged promos I, as well. I think I grabbed one that I haven't had, I did not. I did not own in the Arvin uh, as well. Uh, but, I mean, there was a plethora of stuff to get. Uh, how uh, the stores were, I think the, there was a nice selection of stores too, like the vendors. Yeah, there were the, more vendors than normal, I, I think. I think uh, one or two extra than usual. Um, I think they hit the needs that the players might have had. Um, I felt some of the selection could have been lacking, but... I mean, it's hard because Full Grip was there, and they always have... It's basically, if they have what you need, unless they're sold out of it. So. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really hunting for too much other than those Heart Gold Soul Silvers. Day one, uh, there were none available at any of the vendors, and then one of them found, uh, you know, a few uh, that were in their storage overnight between day one and day two. So I was able to snag up a couple energies. I'm trying to get a complete set, um, anywhere from like 9 to 12 energies per... Uh, that way, in the future, if there's any meta deck uh, of whatever color, I w I'm able to play um, there. So I'm closest to finishing it with water. I think I'm up to seven. And then I have, you know, like four energy types of at least three other ones. So uh, it's starting to get there. Uh, still still work to do, but it's, uh, you know, it's slow but steady wins the race kind of thing. Either. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm more of the gold energy guy on that. Right. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm going golds on, on the... Original three, as they say, water, fire, and grass. Uh, I have stockpiled my foil, foil-esque metal energy for uh, a deck to be named later. Right, that's right. coming out soon. But besides from you know our collections, yeah. uh, getting back to how day two did. Uh, how do you think the event ran? Did it go smoothly for you? I know that it's very controversial. If like we need a lunch or don't need a lunch, uh, how do you feel on that? Well, we had a lunch. Uh, I. I'm sure that everyone has their own line in the sand on this too, whether they like lunch or don't like lunch. But there was a lunch here, and the tournament I think went smoothly enough that it didn't. I enjoyed the lunch break personally, right? Uh, and we didn't end at nine o'clock or ten o'clock in the evening. I think we were still out of there at like eight o'clock. Yeah, I don't know how that happened because generally it's like I don't want lunch. I just want to finish it up get through but we got done at a, a decent time was able to you know still go out to dinner with the team with the friend group uh, and all that fun stuff so overall i felt like the the tournament ran smoothly um didn't have any issues with any opponents i know there were a couple judge calls nothing major uh but you know it was, it was great i think they did a good job yeah the, the tournament i think ran as smooth as you could run a best of three and and finished on uh, a relatively good pace um and we, I mean, we finished early enough that I think it went went well. Right. So uh, I give give the crew props on this one. I think it was a really well run and smooth run tournament. Hundred percent agree. All right, so we have a couple more things to talk about. I do want to talk about um, our run or our you know, prep for Toronto or our big ones, and then also we do need to get into our Triple P season watch um, to where we are now. I know both of us. Uh, didn't have the run we wanted to. 
in Peoria. Uh, but Chuck, what is your season outlook looking like right now? Okay, so my season so far is uh, I'm still sitting at a lowly 25 points because uh, I did not score any points this weekend. Uh, so not looking too good on that front, but uh, we will just continue uh, with the local events and see what we can grind. I still got a lot of events to uh, finishes to get there. So I have a challenge coming on Friday uh, at the at the local spot at Refined. So we will go with that and see how that goes, uh, and help and uh, I'll, I'll play a deck that helps test for uh, future events as well. Right, right. Um, for me, uh, I'm I'm still sitting at uh, two sixteen. I think it is um, this week. I don't know if there is a challenge or a couple on my radar. I'm sure i'll look over um on the pokemon event finder and try to potentially find something for this weekend uh, but i also have to you know have you know work pokemon balance not work but uh you know family life pokemon balance kind of thing obviously i was gone all week so i i kind of don't want to just completely be away from you know the wife and, chi- and child so we'll um, have to try to balance that a little bit um, but as far as you know, really, Toronto is like the biggest thing uh, on my radar coming up in the next, um, you know, handful of weeks. Toronto is, I think, three weeks away as we are talking now. Um, so there's going to be a lot of prep. And I want to put, honestly, I, I just feel like Peoria prep overall uh, was lacking on my part. Uh, and I want to put a little bit more time and really understand the meta where we're at. Uh, so next weekend uh, would be a really good opportunity to check and see what decks do well if anything changes from you know Peoria to Sacramento, and really see what the meta spread is and play what you know what I feel like the best deck may be for that. Uh, and I don't think Colorless Luigi is going to be the thing. So um, really do want to put a good hundred plus games into whatever deck that I choose uh, and see you know where 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 that takes me and hopefully. Um, rebound in Toronto and get some points there uh, to put me back on track for the season. Yeah. So um, what other kind of prep plans do you have going for Toronto at all? So Um, prep plans first is I want to identify, you know, those first five decks that we need to worry about uh, playing against. So with that being said, obviously we have a lot of good data with Peoria and Sacramento next weekend. um, And then just kind of see what we feel like what myself you know what the rest of the team feels like hey is there anything that can beat all these or is there anything that you know is favored four out of five um and that kind of flavor and then really put the time in and even if if, if it's a deck that we say hey it beats four out of five but that fit, fifth matchup isn't good um put the time in to see if there's you know a different win condition than you know it's you know, general, just high level uh, kind of thing. So, like, really get into the the nitty gritty of you know what makes that matchup tick, and see if there's you know something different that you can do that's maybe not as known as you know what the the general consensus may be on that matchup. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I don't think there's there's any world breakers or anything like that. I think that at least going into Toronto, there's not going to be anything too crazy off the meta. So, obviously. Um, you know, say the you know the the Charizard deck is definitely on the table. Uh, Lost Box obviously has done well in Peoria and in Pittsburgh, winning. Uh, so I, I I mean I, I had a 
you know, a good good amount of time in with Lost Box already. Um, obviously, Chen Pao uh, is seeing a, a really good matchup spread uh, against Charizard. Um, but it's always is that consistent enough to set up because a lot of people say it beats itself. So maybe we can find something to um, really make that deck um, streamline as consistent as can be. And like the one good thing about the Lugia colorless version was I didn't break at all this weekend. So if that you can have that on top of just like general power, um, that would be amazing. Obviously, that's not necessarily um, going to happen every single time, but uh, you know, try to put the work in to find it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for, for I'm I'm gonna help be the guinea help being one of the guinea pigs for for Toronto because I'm not gonna be going there so uh, I'm, I'm just gonna help test yeah and, and tell if I have the team tell me what what matchups they want to see and I'll try and run some of them by and that's uh, the, all you can really do is like I'm gonna really rely on you uh, for a lot of this time because obviously real life gets in the way. Uh, yep. So dividing and conquering is is huge as part of you know just the team and just individually. So uh, we'll see you know if we can get better uh, as a unit uh, being on the same page. And that's you know like I said many times already. That's kind of on all of us individually to get there. Yeah. Unless unless of course you want to uh, we want to out spread out a research and development team <laughs> for for maybe the next set. Uh, with a little paradox rift action, I do have something that I want to want to cook up from. Oh, that I think the happening. whole group is in consensus on this, and I don't think it's just uh, unique to our group. I think it's um, a lot of people are excited about this card. Yeah, yeah, Goldingo, uh, I think has a lot of people's eyes on it, and and I really want to get my hands on that card and start playing some games and seeing how it right. goes. I, I believe it's going to be a card that you know defines the meta, but. Um, as we saw with Charizard, in Pittsburgh it had very little success, and then since then it's it's blown up. So it's on the group, you know, to try to find that that first original sixty that's consistent and that can find success. And obviously, it's down to individuals to uh, carry out that game plan. So I'm I'm really looking forward to Goldingo. Um, at first, when I saw him, I wasn't a huge fan. You know, just basically a golden string cheese. Uh, but but he's <laughs> <laughs> he's grown on me. Uh, I I you know I got him on the VGC. I'm still trying to get him on Go. Uh, I'm getting close, but uh, no, I like him a lot. I mean, he is a little silly looking, but uh, he has an attack that I really like to execute. So right, yeah, they they could have put it on any other Pokemon. I'd be just excited. But we're gonna we're gonna rock the coin. We're gonna make it rain. So, yeah, making it rain. That's a hundred percent. I think we're gonna hear that a lot. Uh, you know, in the the years to come, making it rain. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna start printing off fake dollar bills to make it rain uh, when I start winning. Oh God! If it. you can go on stream and then do that for like the game winning play and then just start raining fake dollar bills, I think you might be banned. I, I don't know. <laughs> It'll be great. I think that's very. Uh, I don't know, inclusive and, and, and spirit of the game. Having fun right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throwing fake dollar bills on your opponent. <laughs> the attack is called making it rain. So That's hey. true. In the video game, when he does do that attack, like, coins better, fly over the It's better that I just throw dollar <laughs> bills rather than coins. That's going to actually get a, take an eye get out. A, get a handful of coins and throw it at your opponent <laughs> as hard as you can. Now that might get you banned. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think that's going to basically wrap it up. Um, before we go, though, I do want to, you know, get the, you know, the communities, you know, their thoughts on how you like these uh, car casts. And if it's something, you know, if we have the opportunity to do in the future, um, if we should do it again. Um, if you don't like it, obviously tell us that so we don't waste our time. Um, but, you know, I, I thought I had a good time doing this, splitting up into um, different fashions. Um, and, you know, maybe next time we can do something at the event, obviously. It's a little hard while playing in there, but, um, you know, it, overall it was a fun week. Um, I, this was a unique idea. Uh, so I give you props, Chuck, for the idea of the car, the car cast. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it unless you have anything else. No, uh, that's it. I hope, I hope people enjoyed the episode as much as I, I enjoyed putting it together. So, uh, thanks again for listening to the end and, uh, see you all next week. See ya. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. Uh, As always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at Pit Pokepod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We'll see you all next time. See you later.